Welcome back, everybody. Um, I've got Dan here with me. It's been about a month and a half. What would you say? A while and a half. A while and a half, yeah. Um, a whale and a tail. A whale and a tail. A fork and a snail. What? <laughs> anyway, um, sorry we've missed you. I've been um, on a few trips. Dan's also made some L.A. trips. Uh, <laughs> Trying to market the podcast. It's a tough industry. Yeah. If Not you know really an L.A. crowd. <laughs> if you know anyone interested in buying a podcast... Yeah, um, we've got a pretty used up one. <laughs> like new. Yeah. <laughs> 20,000 miles. Uh, uh, recently detailed. <laughs> anyway, coming at you today is Sean, who uh, I didn't know Sean until recently. But Dan brought him up, and I don't know what we were talking about, but something, and Dan said, Oh yeah, Sean can come. Sh- Sean's, Sean's cool. And whenever anybody tells me that somebody's cool, I go, yeah, whatever. But when Dan says it, there's Very a little... negative attitude. Yeah, it is a negative attitude. We're not talking about me, though. Yeah. Um, when Dan says it, there's a little... I listen a little harder and believe it a little more. So when I finally met Sean, I went, yeah, that guy's cool. <laughs> Good he, story. But today we have Sean, who opens up with some pretty heavy stuff. He uh, talks about... Uh, depression. He talks about okay Cupid, but not using okay Cupid to find a mate, just to find friends. Yeah, to find friends. Which so this isn't your run of the mill shit. And this is the only guy who could say I was on okay Cupid to find friends who I would ever you know believe. He's <laughs> and, and he this guy fucking means what he says. And um, he has a great okay Cupid profile. If you're looking for an okay Cupid profile to use. You might want to listen intently to this episode. Yeah, I mean, he could even because I hear you. people. I hear you use a profile on that site, from what I hear from friends. That's what I've also heard from a distant relative. Yeah. who wrote me about this? Okay, Cupid. <laughs> <laughs> without further ado, without further ado, I bring you Sean. I bring you Sean. out the last name. Sean, Shawnee, Sean, Sean. <laughs> is this happening? Are we recording? Yeah, this is happening. Um, today on the show, we have Sean. <sighs> I wanted you in this apartment a long time. You know, you did. You to talk me. to. <laughs> to talk to. No, you, you have a, a good energy. Thanks. Wonderful energy. No, I... Uh, when it, when, if we had to count up the minutes... About at how many minutes Dan and I have talked about how much we like you? It'd be like fifteen minutes. Wow, which is a long time. I'm flattered. I'm flattered. I agree. With yeah. That statement. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> right, dude. So you're in a comfortable space. You're in a, don't don't feel like at least you know, you're acknowledged. As a, yeah, as a I appreciate being. it. Yeah. I, anyway, sounds like you have kind of an agenda. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I have, a, I have a story. Which is also you know a new form for us. Usually we just kind of. We just, you know, tear into the guest or whatever, but yeah. I liked it. You know, you have a little bit of a direction. Yeah, well, I mean, so since both of you have had experience on OkCupid, okay right? 
Yeah. Is that true? Okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, let's, let's, let's establish this. No, yeah. Yeah. yeah because, I mean... Of course. Because that's a that's a big part of... You know, and it, it actually... You know, the idea for sort of the inspiration for why I'm here is because someone... I forget who. There was one of the guys you interviewed had mentioned using OkCupid or something. Do you know who I'm talking about? I'm not sure. Wait, wait. Um, one of the who? Four. Yeah, it was basically just like... Because you're, you're talking to a lot of people about relationships and then... Yeah. Yeah. So, like, basically, I was just, like, thinking about, like, the time that I, like, was using that website. Mm-hmm. And just, like, how it would be, like, a interesting topic to explore on this this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, even now, I mean, now, since you've both used it, you know, it's uh, yeah. even more... Popular. Well, I mean, who hasn't? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> well, I, know. I feel like for... <laughs> <laughs> for people who haven't used it, maybe we should sort of like paint a picture of what it's like because I feel yeah. like people, if if there are people who haven't used it, they might have some uh, yeah. ideas of what it's, it's like. A big gift, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll entertain your thoughts. <laughs> Not everybody. So, well, it's interesting because in my case, I didn't use it for like dating. I didn't actually use it for dating. I use it to try to find friends. You know, how you can make like what you're looking for and you can put oh yeah me too you know right yeah. and you know but it's it's funny too because you know you can put that and then like but people are still like people who put that are still actually secretly kind of looking for a relationship yeah, yeah. they just you know? don't feel comfortable like that happens yeah and up. like um but in my case so i guess i should basically start from the beginning of this chapter of my life um was that i was struggling with like severe depression at the mm-hmm. time yeah and um like, I really was, like, completely disillusioned with, like, romance, you know? Like, I wasn't I wasn't at all interested in, like, getting into a relationship at all. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, like, well, like I said before, which I guess I didn't say on the podcast, I was, I was living in Madison Park. I had moved out with um, my closest friend, who was also my romantic interest, and um, wow. things fell apart, let's just say. And... Uh, at the end of that situation, um, I like quit. I quit my job. I was working downtown, and I had also actually gotten. I was going to be working two jobs. Um, one was at, at like a focus group um, place where I was like just like a recruiter for like focus studies. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other one was I had gotten hired at Madison Park Conservatory. It's like mm-hmm. a restaurant that was right on the edge of okay. Madison Park, and. It was actually really neat because I didn't have any, like, previous, like, restaurant experience. But Mm -hmm. because the, like, head chef, like, really liked me, we had, like, a really good interview. Mm -hmm. And, like, I, like, resonated with her philosophy for the restaurant. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, you should. Yeah. And, and, like, literally it was, like, a five-minute walk away from where I was living. That's great. And so I was like, oh, this is so exciting. And, you know, I mean, I love cooking and stuff. So it's like, oh, this is going to be great. And so basically I had gotten hired, but they hadn't finished building the place at the Mm -hmm. time. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll work there in like a few months or whatever. But then, you know, everything fell apart. Ugh. And uh, one of my my aunt passed away at the like exact same time that this happened. Um, and like that combination like launched me into like you were a really, true depression. You really know? close like, with your aunt? Yeah, I was really close to her. And like, yeah, it was just like the timing was just like the worst and like yeah and like the person I was living with was we were just like like that was I just spent all my time with her and like all that stuff and it would have fell apart it just yeah I just like was just like I'm you know just snapped and like quit my job I quit my job at the 
the focus place. Why did and you then, quit? Why did I quit? Yeah. Oh, I was just like done. So basically, I I moved out. Like I decided I was gonna move out. Well, I didn't really. I basically agreed to move out. Like that was kind of what happened. So I moved back home. But like, I mean, I was living in Madison Park and busing to like downtown Seattle, which was really nice. So first of all, it just wasn't as nice when I wasn't living in Seattle. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I quit that job and then just like didn't even like contact the Madison Park Conservatory like when they finally opened. And basically, so I was just like truly depressed and like... And around how old were you? 22, 23, uh-huh. around there. I was like diagnosed with depression and... Like, basically, the thing with, like, depression, like, have either of you had depression? Not clinical. Okay. No, uh, yeah, no not clinical. Okay. But, well, I mean, definitely, like, periods. Yeah, From what yeah. I've heard, clinical is, like, it's, it's yeah, like, a thousand it, times. Like, yeah, like I felt really bad, but, like, I don't feel bad during the, when it's daytime, I, I don't feel bad, really. But I can feel bad pretty easily at night. But I've heard for clinical, it's like how I feel when I wake up at three in the morning with demons and shit. Yeah. Is how like a clinical person feels at noon. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. And that's like, not why I haven't touched that. Yeah, I know. Like I feel like it's like this. It's just like a whole different level of like. And like the thing is, I had never had that really happen to me before. Yeah. You know, obviously, like I'd been kind of like what you're describing, like where I like was like, oh yeah, like in a really bad place for like a stretch of time, but yeah. not like. Not like this, this and like, like yeah. yeah, and it really is like, there's like a, there's actually a TED talk that I saw recently where this guy named Andrew Solomon, um, it's about depression, but like, I think he like describes it the best way that I've ever heard anyone describe it, and it's because most people kind of think it's depression is like sadness, you know? What it really is, is like, I think he says like the opposite of depression isn't happiness, it's vitality, and that's basically it, because it's like, it's like your life is kind of drained out of you and you like just like have no ambitions and like no interest in like anything that you're interested in before. Yeah. And that's like what happened to me like when that when that happened I just was like like all of my like plans and like dreams and like interests were just like I just didn't it was just like all drained away. I wasn't interested at all anymore. And um and basically yeah, I was just like, I was diagnosed and then um, started taking, I had to take like anti-anxiety um, medication and antidepressant uh, medication and sleeping pills also because like, that's the thing is like, I'm sure it happens for a lot of people who have that kind of experience, but like, that's like the worst time is like when you're like trying to go to sleep at night, you know, it's like when, at least for me, like my thoughts are like oh, yeah. going, going, oh, yeah. going. Oh, and yeah. so like, I would just be like freaking out and just like laying there and not being able to sleep and it's like horrible yeah so um so basically for like a couple of months that's how i basically was but like once the medication starts kicking in um you start like it's not that you're like i mean you're feeling better in a way but because of the medication it just like lets you like start sort of feeling these things again different a little bit you know you start like dark getting a little bit of liveliness back in yeah and um and basically I was just like, wow, I'm really lonely, you know, like I, because like when, when I was depressed, you know, I just kind of just wanted to be shut off from the yeah, world, you know, but then like once I started kind of getting back on my legs because of the, the medication, I was just like suddenly realized that like, I just didn't really have like all of my really close friends had moved away or I'd lost contact with them or like mm-hmm. just wasn't really talking to people. And so 
getting to OkCupid. The the interesting thing with OkCupid, because most people think of it as, like, just a dating site. I mean, obviously the name OkCupid, like, implies it's, like, romantic and whatever. But the way that I think about it, or why I ended up using it to, like, find friends is because, um, you know, in the old days of MySpace and Facebook, you used to be, it used to be way easier to, like, become friends with people you didn't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, you could just, like, by interest. You know, it's like you would click, like, on a band that you put on your profile, and it would, like, show all these people who yeah. also like that band, you know? Yeah. When, yeah, I remember, like, making friends just on MySpace, like, some random person in, like, Australia or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah, like, it was cool. way easier to just be like, oh, hey, <laughs> yeah. you know, you like that band, too? Yeah. Or, like, hey, I like your profile picture. But, like, now with Facebook, and, I mean, I don't really use, I haven't used MySpace, but, like, I know they have a new interface and stuff. But, like, Facebook is so, like, about who you you're supposed to just yeah. like know the people you already know or yeah. like and maybe their acquaintances but even there it just doesn't really it kind of like isolates you from yeah. everyone yeah. else and like obviously a lot of people it's like well i want my privacy and whatever but yeah it does like kind of just it so just barriers. makes it hard to like yeah it's, it sets it, up these yeah. barriers it's probably a little bit to do with the age too yeah i mean but it's like you know they have the they age were, restricted certain uh, profile thing like where it's like if you're under a certain age I think it has certain like restrictions, uh. but even so, you know, it's like, it's weird. It's just, um, it's just different. But like, mm-hmm. basically I like wanted a website where I could like, like find someone who was really into this band that like, yeah. I really wanted to like, it's like, I don't have any friends who like, like this kind of music. Like, and it's like a safe outlet. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, what am I, yeah. what's, what's just, to lose, you know, yeah. if you go into it. And so, um, so I just like kind of like. It was weird because, like, you know, I was like, oh, I never thought I would, like, use a dating site for anything. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? And so, like, you know, you, you get on there and, like, I guess for Everybody anyone. Everybody has to. <laughs> you know, like. How'd my life get? It's, it's really, like, it's, you know, and, like, I guess if people haven't used it, anyone who's listening hasn't hasn't used it. It's I like, mean, that I, I don't think anyone hasn't, but. Yeah, yeah but just Shut in case, fuck. you know, yeah. just in case. You know, it's basically where you fill out your profile and answer a bunch of questions and it builds like a, like three different percentages, at least on OkCupid, where it's like your match percentage if you're looking for someone to be romantic. Now, did you like take those questions? Because it gives you questions. <laughs> yeah. From what yeah. I hear. Yeah. You know what? From what I hear, it gives you questions <laughs> and you answer yeah, them and then you're more compatible with people. But it's on like... A lot. It's on more of the romantic spectrum than yeah. maybe, like, friendship that's, spectrum. That's the tricky part. So, like, it's actually... I think it's probably the hardest position to be in to, like, just want friends. Because you have to, like, filter through the questions and, like... Because, you know, it'll ask you questions that are, like, so just romantic. You know, you're just mm-hmm. like, okay, like, this doesn't have anything to do with what I'm looking for. It's like, what do you want yeah. in your sex life or something? Like, okay, I don't care. So, basically, since I was just looking for friends, I had to filter through that stuff. And so it gives you, you know, your match percentage and then your friendship percentage, which I guess is just questions that don't specifically pertain mm-hmm. to, like, relationship stuff. And yeah. then an enemy percentage for, yeah. like, yeah. you know, stuff you strongly disagree with someone about yeah. and wouldn't want anything to do with them. Um, and so, so yeah, so I don't know about your experience, but... And this is what I remember from that other podcast was someone saying, or talking about how, like, you start out, like when you message people you're like really like making these like like poetic <laughs> like you know quality messages and like being so thoughtful profile. and like yeah like being really really thoughtful and everything and then they don't respond or like whatever and you're just, yeah. it just wears you down yeah yeah and basically in my case you know it was especially hard because i was just looking for a friend or friends um 
but like I started out like building my profile pretty accurately to like you know like I'm very like I don't like to I'm definitely not like an open book type of person where I'm gonna put like oh these are all my interests and here's my life story you know because it asks you to like write your self summary and like what music and stuff you're into and I just like basically like gave a it was a pretty long profile like I I put out as much as I was willing Uh to about like my life and like the stuff I was interested in um but also like firmly tried to establish like I'm just here looking for friends and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, and yeah, and started from there. And Did you go into why you were looking for friends? <laughs> well, basically, yeah, I didn't really like go into like, oh, I'm like currently depressed and like well, really yeah. lonely or I, something I, it's like just, that. You know? I mean, it, it'd be peculiar because like a seemingly normal guy yeah. and then you're just looking for buds, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it just didn't really like like, it didn't really matter to me at that yeah. point because I was just you looking just put for, yourself you know, there. it's like depressed and you're lonely and like, yeah, I mean, there like must be someone out there who yeah. you like, you know, like so, who also maybe is in a similar position yeah. or like at least like is just looking for friends on there. So and, what happened? And so, yeah, so, so it's kind of funny. I, I have this, I printed out what my profile ended up becoming because, you know, it started out like very straightforward and like. I was very earnest about, like, you know, who I was and, like, had these, whatever, these pictures and, like, um, messaged people in a very, like, qualitative way and all this stuff. But then, I don't know, it's just, like, a lot of people have the experience where they, like, do that and, like, they put so much of themselves out there and, like, they just don't. It hits a brick wall. Yeah, you know, it does. It's an invisible brick wall. Yeah. From what I hear. Yeah, I know. I mean, people (laughs) say that this happens. Yeah. Um... Everyone uses it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but but I get I got so like you know disillusioned with it and like the the sort of the weird thing is like you know you start to look at people's profiles and like so much of it is just like you're advertising yourself to the world you know like yeah. you're like packaging yourself yeah, in you're the like selling yourself. most <laughs> wonderful light like oh I'm so great for these reasons and yeah. these are all the wonderful things about me and so I was just kind of it was like just ridiculous to me you know I was just kind of like this is this is just ridiculous, yeah. you know? And, like, especially if, like, you're struggling to, like, make connections to people or whatever. Yeah. And um, so, basically, I think I should just read, because, like, I printed out Go for what it. my, oh, like, fuck. self-summary was. Uh, that, like, yeah, yeah. this ended up being my... He's pulling a piece of paper out of his... There's... Yeah, I have a piece of paper. I, I printed it out. You know, I, I... It's funny because, did like... Did you do this last night? Eight and a half by eleven. I actually did it today. Or, you know, it's like this this chapter, I don't really think about it as much anymore. Like, lately, I've kind of been, like, thinking back on it, you know, because of my... Whatever the experiences that yeah. I had there. And Yeah, well, so basically, I'll just read... This is... <laughs> I'll, I'll read it. And then I'll talk about how this ended up being my my self-summary. Yeah, it's basically a parody. Like, the fact that, you know, everybody's like, oh, I'm so great for these reasons. And so I decided to kind of join join that audience. My eyes are hypnotic. Sorry for the interruption, but before Sean gets started into this, he wanted to have me say that he mistook the word glacier for iceberg in the following... Narration, and he didn't want any geologist to be concerned. Back to the story. My eyes are hypnotic blue-green, and I have long golden curls which glow by sunlight and twinkle under starlight. I have been told that the curves of my body and texture of my skin are softer and smoother than butter. 
However, I also exercise regularly and maintain a healthy diet to retain a well-chiseled, strong physique. When excited, my voice rings like a choir of a thousand angels. When calm, it soothes as the sirens of war. I was born into a prosperous family of royal descent. I enjoy horseback riding through the forest on my family's main estate and singing to the animals in the meadow. On more melancholy days, I stroll along the beach, skipping stones. I love sunsets and standing nude in front of them as a dramatic silhouette. Every winter, I make a large batch of hot cocoa, which I distribute amongst orphanages and homeless shelters. <laughs> to animal shelters, I donate a melange of T-bone steaks, assorted nuts, and jugs of milk. For me, there is no greater joy than the joy of giving. A wager once led me to attempt sailing solo around the world. Several thousand nautical miles into the voyage, I found myself swept away in a storm and awoke, stranded upon a glacier. There, I survived by learning to communicate with the seals and the occasional penguin, who would eventually allow me to sleep nestled amongst them and share their catch during mealtime. After three weeks, I had managed to salvage enough of my canoe to bodyboard my, my way to land. I was found naked and half-frozen to death on a beach in Norway. Although I had lost most of my memory and ability to articulate, the villagers took me in. <laughs> Life in the village was peaceful, <laughs> and I became a simple cobbler's apprentice. However, as my memories crept back upon me, I became torn and confused. Then the nightmares began. <laughs> I, at first, I merely relived fragmented memories of the storm. But eventually, this torment began to permeate my cobbling work. <laughs> when customers returned to retrieve their repaired shoes, they would find that they no longer fit. Secretly, I began creating shoes of grotesque form, unfit for the feet of any creature known to us. The villagers began to fear me as rumors were spread that I was stealing shoes from the local graveyard to create unwearable monstrosities. They nicknamed me Demonesk Skolmaker, the demon shoemaker. My adoptive father tried to reason with them, even offering free shoe repairs to placate their growing fear and hatred. But in the end, I was forced to hide in an abandoned hut on the forbidden edge of town, Av Horbanit Flatavid. Fortunately, a photo of me as I was found on that fateful beach eventually made its way to my family. The tattoo of our ancestral crest on my left butt cheek was all they needed to see. They found me perched on the branch of a large spruce tree next to the abandoned house muttering something about pterodactyl. Upon returning home, my fr old friends and family told me that I had become a different person. My shattered new identity turned out to be more than they could handle, and I was put into an asylum. We have internet. about it is that in a way it's like more revealing of who I am than yeah. like if I were to like paint I'm, myself yeah. in this like yeah. great light or whatever it's like yeah. 
all of that stuff is just like ridiculous. It has nothing yeah. really to do with me. But the fact that I would write something like that, yeah, 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 yeah. like says more about like what kind of person I am. Right. And interestingly, I made like that was I had the most success making friends through that profile than like actually like typing like yeah because I changed my profile a bunch of times between when I started That's and that. But like when I was like fed up, I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna like write this ridiculous thing, and uh, over how long of time period? Like three weeks? It was change, or like was it months? It was like because it, like for me it was like you know like I would be on there and just get fed up and then just be off for a while and then go back and like that's what I hear. Happens. You know, the, yeah. There's always that allure of like, well. Maybe, Maybe there's someone yeah. on there now. You uh-huh. know, there's always someone around the corner. It's like, yeah. if only I could just find that one oh, person. Everyone's always logging on. You know, there's always... And off. And yeah, and you know, there's always new people on there. So you're like, well, maybe just the, the perfect person could be there. So, you know, it would always kind of creep back on me. But um, it was like over the course of like, mainly like a few months where I would like go in and like whatever, change my profile a little bit. Yeah. But <laughs> also... In that process, I I learned um, through making some female friends on there. Or like, I had also a friend who I found out used it, and I didn't know. Um, but I found out that the female experience on OkCupid is much quite different, different from yeah. the male experience, yeah. and not surprisingly so. But um, yeah, but you know, it's like kind of a revelation. You know, you're just like, wow, this is horrible. This is so bad. You know, when you, you actually read about the yeah. stuff that. Um, females have to go through on there and so as kind of like a little experiment I I like changed my gender on there and <laughs> I gotta tell you like first I just changed my gender and didn't change any of my like photos or anything uh-huh. and within minutes I started getting messages from like guys or whatever like it Weird. really was fast like it's like they weren't even reading it's like they just would like Oh, the percentage is right because, like, I guess it would just like yeah. adjust to mm-hmm. whatever me being female, and I didn't even put that I was like looking for a relationship, you know. So it's yeah. just like, oh, female, and she's got like the right percentage, so yeah. they just like, start pouncing, you know, or whatever. And at first, it wasn't like that bad, you know. I didn't have like, I mean, I guess they're kind of creepy, but not that creepy. But like, definitely, like after I left it for a while, I would just get like, you know, very like blatantly sexual like messages or whatever from guys and uh and i decided to take a little further you know i was like well kind of want to see what would happen if i actually like changed my profile picture you know so i just yeah what were the profile pictures when (laughs) it's funny because they were like kind of like ambiguous but like just because like the first one you couldn't really like fully fully see me in a way that you would know that i was like oh it must be male but if you like went in and like looked at like the other pictures it was like very clear yeah like there was a, a very like clear picture of me like heavy five pretty close shit. where yeah where it's like yeah uh there's no way you would think that i was just you know whatever yeah um and so uh i decided to like just get a random you know like do a search for image search for hot girl or whatever and just like yeah. put that as my picture and that's when it, like, really, like, you know, took off and, Even like, more. was getting these, like, really, you know, very sexual <laughs> messages from guys. Just and, like, hey, you fuck. Yeah, like, basically, yeah. you know, that's it. And um, I remember... Did you respond to him? <laughs> I remember actually <laughs> kind of taking it far with this one guy who's particularly kind of creepy because, you know, you can, like, chat with people yeah. if you enable, like, yeah. chat on there. And this guy was, like, chatting with me and was, like... I remember him being, like... Oh, are you a good girl or are you a bad girl? 
I was like, oh, I don't know. And, you know, like, that's how it, like, started. And, you know, that's what you know. It's, like, yeah. already going that way. And uh, What do you mean by girl? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so that was interesting. So that was something else I did that was, you know, just a little little experiment. But very, okay. you know, okay. it's, it's, it's very different being male on there. But also, like, there's a disadvantage, I think, like, when you're male on there. Because females get so many messages from guys... I think it's probably just really hard. Yeah. Like the the balance yeah. of of yeah. communication is really difficult. God damn. But anyway, so there are basically two major other points that you made. Like so like I made that sort of ridiculous profile and through that I did make several friends. But you met uh males or females or mainly female. Like I I like kind of that's the thing too though. It's way it's it seems to be actually way harder to like find males on there who are like looking for friends. Say, you oh, know, like for sure, or like yeah. even open to no, that. No, you're you the minority. So Question. Yeah. <laughs> Any of the female friends that you made, did it slip in anything else? Or was it they were just looking for friends? No, so so basically like was like because I was still depressed, like like I was still like yeah, I was, still, I was depressed for, like, six months total that I was, like, on medication depressed. And then, like, for quite a while after that, I was still, like, very, like... Uh, the thing is, yeah, like, if you're depressed, then, like... I can't really speak for other people, but in my situation, it just, like, like romance was, like, one of those things that, like, was very, like... Broken. No, yeah, there just wasn't an interest. And also, like, very kind of scary. Like, why, like, why would I even put myself... Like be that vulnerable or whatever again. It's like did you, did you lose, like, drive for of like a sexual nature too? Or you do. That, I mean, you do there? for sure when you're depressed. But like, I would say like that can still like it's still there. You're still like you're like in a place where yeah, you just don't really want to get that close to people. You know, like getting that close to someone is like, Scary. or at least for me, you know, and like I just think it's just not as appealing you know yeah. as, it, as it was yeah and particularly like while you're depressed um, yeah. because i was still depressed but like like recovering kind of you know but at least just, like medicated it, yeah. can i can i ask is it like stepping down medication well because i was taking like the anti-anxiety stuff the the actual antidepressants just sort of like like the antidepressants would like bring me up to like a not like a happy sort of feeling necessarily but like a sort of stable place where, like, mm-hmm. I felt like I could, like, do activities, mm-hmm. kind of. And then the anti-anxiety stuff would, like, is the stuff that would make me feel, like, more, like, like energetic, you know, or, like, that kind of thing, or, like, more... Yeah, yeah. engaged. Yeah, like that. So I would say those. that's, like, the combination, basically. Um, so, yeah, so I made a few really good friends on there. And actually, a couple of my, like, closest friends to this day are people who I met on OkCupid. Okay like, yeah, Sick. like it, but it, you know, Success. it took a while and it only, and it really only worked because I made that profile, yeah. you know, like that was really well, what, would they read that work so well? Yeah. Like it's the, <laughs> yeah, it's that, that profile was what we have was started like making more of an impression on people, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but also I decided that rather than 
trying to find a friend based on like okay cupid's like recommended you know like oh you have this great percentage yeah. match with this person so yeah when you don't even really know the yeah like what does that mean you know and like methodology behind that but and also like i just can't it's like what are you gonna argue like with what does that even about? yeah like what does that even mean like this just doesn't really mean anything but um but actually i decided to um try to befriend my worst enemy on OkCupid, okay and so <laughs> so many. I, I ranked it in the, in the opposite way, and it was very clear once I was like reading. It was a female, and I was reading her profile, and like reading like the questions. It was like actually not like what she said in the profile necessarily so much as like because it'll show you like which questions you yeah. like clashed on, and like so many were like values questions and like whatever. <laughs> And yeah, we were just very, very opposite and had like really, really high enemy percentage. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so like I messaged her and I was like, Hey, you know, it's kind of like, kind of like, Hey, I know this is really weird, but you know, I know we have like ridiculous, you know, enemy yeah. percentages, but I don't really remember the message, yeah. but you know, just kind of like. Hey, you know, maybe we could I'd love to like talk see or something, how you know, different we are. Yeah. let's just see. Yeah. And and actually, when she responded, she was like, she said she was going to, like, just, whatever, delete the message and, like, whatever, um, and move on. But then she, like, read my profile, and because she thought, like, it was so funny, she, like, kind of, give it a chance, you know, maybe we could talk yeah. or whatever. And so, uh, and actually, we ended up having, like, the best or, like, longest conversation exchanges of like anyone I talked to on OkCupid we had like these essay long like conversations and they weren't even like arguments you know they were just like basically because we were like started like bonding over things that were in common between us or whatever and and it was just so funny like we were just like man is this does this mean like OkCupid's gonna like collapse or like what's gonna happen you know and like what would happen if we met each other like would there be some kind of like disaster like black hole or something you know like what would what would happen and and so yeah we had these really long exchanges and and then we agreed to like meet up and in fact I got I got to meet her like mom and I, I got along really well with her mom too and like it was really good, you know, we, we had a awesome. really good, we just hung out, and uh, we still, like, talk to each other, but she lives, like, um, in, like, eastern Washington, so I haven't seen her in a while, but, um, but we still, like, say we're, like, best frenemies, like, we're, like, you know, <laughs> like, just, awesome. like, yeah, defying the, like, algorithms <laughs> of Cupid to become friends or whatever, yeah. you know, but, um. That's awesome. But yeah, so, and yeah, and gradually I did make a couple of really close friends and, and that did help some with, uh, getting out of the depression. Um, but so also during my depression or part of me escaping depression was going to the, the dance, the dance off, the dance-a-thon. Daiko? Um, yeah, Daiko. And... Let me cut in here real quick. Sean is about to go into a story about... Uh, a nonprofit that we all volunteer at called 826 Seattle and one of their fundraisers is called Dance Your Cash Off or DYCO DICO for short um, and it's just a dance party pretty much. Alright, back to the story. So that was like my first time getting involved but like the, the weird thing was that like that was like something I would never have done, you know, so like I, I'm just like not like, I love to dance, but I'm not, like, 
I'm just not, I'm a very introverted person, and I, yeah. like, wouldn't just, like, I didn't know anyone who would be there, and, like, you know, it's like you dress up and, like, dance for five hours, yeah. like, it was very, very unusual for me to, like, do that kind of thing, but, like, I was in a place, basically, where I was, like, ready to be done with my yeah. depression, you know, and, like, um, yeah, so I just, like, did it, and it was really, really fun, but, like, I was just there by myself, you know, and, like, people were like, who is this guy, or whatever, you just know? Proven. Like, yeah, I was just, like, yeah, and, and I was all dressed up and everything. Did you know about 826 beforehand, or did you I just... had just, like, found out about it a little bit before that, you know? Is that and, how you uh, found out about the Daiko? Um, yeah, I guess so. Like, I think I was on the mailing list. Like, I was on the email list. For, for those listeners who don't know, it's, it's a... 826 is a 6 to 18... Shut up. <laughs> no, um, yeah, and, and they're a nonprofit puts on this um, dance marathon. Yeah. Anyway, eight two six. So yeah, so, so like, did you make friends there? You just grew. No, up like I was just there and like. Uh, what strength? <laughs> I yeah, I I was there by myself, which was really you know, just especially for trouble. like an introvert who like doesn't know anyone in that kind of situation. You know, I mean, there was some awkwardness, but like overall, it was like it was really it was like refreshing, you know, and it was yeah. like something a nice way to like kind of kick off the like end of like you know escaping the depression oh i should kind of rewind a little bit because a, l a couple of months before daiko i had decided spontaneously to like i had one close friend who was still living in seattle um and both of us were hardcore harry potter fans like cult harry potter fans and we had like always like talked about like oh we should go to like london sometime or like do something like that or whatever uh one day i was just like do you want to do you want to like go to london in like um like a month i think it was like a month before the like premiere of the final harry potter film mm -hmm. and uh, i was like yeah do you want to go and like she just happened to be able to do it you know at that time and so daiko was like a day i think it was the day before our flight out Mm -hmm. And so, like, I did Daiko, did the dance-off for five hours. Feeling good. And then flew to Iceland, where we stayed in Iceland for, like, almost a week. And, and then we went to London? It was, yeah, and then we went to London after that. But it was just so nice to, like, have this, like, peaceful transition, you know, because Iceland and London are, like, polar yeah. opposite uh, places. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was so perfect, like, magical in Iceland, you know. Like, we, we were out hiking and, like came across two like wild Icelandic horses and you know it was what? like just like this like fantasy awesome. fairy tale thing. yeah um yeah it was just so nice and then um yeah and then we went to London and we're there for like a week but we we camped camped out for the for the Harry Potter <laughs> premiere like on the like just the <laughs> concrete we were just like wow we were just like sleeping with thousands of other harry potter fans for uh yeah. for the final premiere and it was like this huge setup with like red carpet and all this like all these effects and like yeah. banners and stuff yeah it was, it was amazing like it was i really my greatest regret is that i didn't like it's like i could have made like a documentary about it or like i, sh I wish i would have like yeah interviewed some of the people around us more like you yeah. know like done that kind of thing but it was just like such a like kind of project epic experience that i guess i just didn't even think about it you know it's awesome um i mean i took pictures but it's just it was it was it was magical you know it was it was tough though like sleeping and because we were in trafalgar square God. but like we like just were sleeping I've raced on through the, there on many a video game <laughs> it's you know and it's like such an iconic place i always see it now and like you know have yeah. that connection but like just sleeping on like the concrete there 
and not there weren't any the we had to go to like walk several it? blocks away it's summer oh. yeah it was summer july but we had to walk like several blocks down to go to like a mcdonald's for to go use the restroom because there's like no restrooms no, you have in to, like, the, pay yeah like they wouldn't they would and they also wouldn't let us like erect tents so like it started raining <laughs> so the thing is it was pouring rain like at like a, on a couple of the days that we were there and like oh, we were just like all like you know, like shivering and like it was. How long were you camping out? Well, days? we were there for like two and a half days, but some Jesus. people were there for like a week, and so it was wow. it was hardcore. By the time the actual premiere happened, everyone was just like so like like Dead. Kind of zombies, just like <laughs> and like you know, but like the worst thing that happened <laughs> so was that like because there were like thousands and thousands yeah. of people, you know, and like. There are all these people, like, on the outskirts, kind of, who, like... Like, we had camped. We were really close. And, like, we had this community of people who had camped. But, like, early in the morning on the day that the actual premiere thing was happening, while we were asleep, it's like a, like, sneak attack or something. All these people started, like, coming in, you know, like, just to, like, get a closer spot. But, like, I woke up, and there's, like, all these people, you know, who had, like, taken uh, all of our... Like, because we had, like... They're, yeah. like, standing on our, like, stuff, you know, oh, or whatever. Shit, and, like... No suddenly we're like way further back than we yeah. you know anticipated so that was disappointing yeah. you know after all of our like you know camp you know survival yeah. stuff and so that was that was annoying but but like as soon as like cuz every every star of the movie and JK Rowling like all everyone was there so like as soon as that stuff started happening and they had like all this like stuff whatever like yeah. special effects and all this Everyone just like forgot about that. You know, just yeah. like, wow, oh, this is happening, and like, yeah. oh, this is amazing, and, like all this stuff. And uh, you know, it's like we're like at Hogwarts, you know. It's, like, <laughs> it was it was amazing, but uh, but yeah, afterwards, you know, everybody after you know all the magic, everyone was just like dead tired and just yeah. like yeah. you know struggling to walk away and like you know it was just a mess but um, worth it though well worth like, it it was so so worth it and I then, would love to see the people who are just like <laughs> completely covered in mud and yeah. their own filth no it and was and they've waited a week and then they're just conked out in the theater yeah, yeah. no no seriously that'd, that'd be, that's like a bit people and yeah it was it was brutal like and and really it was like more it was it was more intense than like your even a like pretty intense camping experience just because you're like in the middle of this stone yeah. like you're sleeping on stone you don't you have don't a have an actual tent and you don't have anywhere you can't like go in the bushes you're a to go person. like yeah like basically but like in like a homeless camp of like yeah, know, thousands of people without any tents and like yeah very little access to anything so so it was it was intense so basically that was uh my way like daiko and going on this trip were like my way of ending the depression and like basically i was like i knew i was in a place where i was ready like like i could probably get off the medication like i was ready to like get off the medication and it was just my own like kind of self prescribed thing you know i just basically like as soon as i left to go on the trip i just started like weaning myself off of the medication mm -hmm. and uh so i like took it with me but like took weight like gradually took less yeah. and less and less and by the time i was back i was like just done really and um or just wasn't taking it anymore and like yeah. it's really weird like getting off of the antidepressants like like the way i 
I like think of it and would describe it as like because a lot of people have a really really hard time with it mm-hmm. and like in my case I was lucky because I mean six months is a good amount of time but like some people you know it's years and years and then they try to get off of the stuff mm-hmm. and like so yeah in my case like I was able to just get off of it but I felt like there would be these jolts like it's kind of like being getting like an electrical shock in a way but like the way I, did, I think of it and the way I felt about it was like, like if you think of like if you had like a soul in your body and if like that soul was like pulled away for like just a second, you know, it's like basically having Where you're like, like reverting back you're to like, like, or just like having like this like layer of yourself like pulled out of your body for like a second. Was and it like a positive layer like or a negative jolt layer? Of, <laughs> just like, it's really hard to, was just it, more of like this electrical shock. It felt like, physical though. Yeah, it feels very much like, just like being pulled out of your body for like a second. Like, that's how it was for me. Um, and this is when you're eating off of the drugs? Yeah, or like when I was basically just off like of Like a them. sudden lack of vitality. Yeah, and like, or like a sudden like, yeah, you know, people describe like an out of body experience where it's like you're outside of your body. Yeah. It's like that for like just a, like a second, but like combined with like an electric shock kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know. Or, or like, like when you're on the edge of sleep and you go. Yeah, it's kind of like that, except like more painful. Yeah. <laughs> you my, know? my clonic jerk. Yeah. Is yeah. The name of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to that. But anyway, like I was able to just stop and then gradually that went away. And, um, I still, to this day, like, that was three years ago, but I still have, like, anxiety problems, um, but I don't have, like, the main stuff going on. Yeah, the heavy hitters. But, uh, but getting back to, like, okay, Cupid, because I'm not done with that part of the story, basically, um, so, like, I was basically, you know, I was done with okay, Cupid for quite a while after that, but I was still looking for just, like, a friend or whatever Mm -hmm. like I mean I'd made a couple but I was like well you know I made these really great friends like I'm sure there are other people on here yeah and so um I guess it was like a year after that basically in like 2012 um I was uh I was on there and I came across a person who was like really like we started talking on there and we really seemed to connect or like I really liked her but like I also still wasn't looking for a relationship I like was still like very disillusioned even though like I was not on antidepressants or anything I was very just like no I just can't not can't ready. do a relationship yeah. or still realigning. yeah and so um so we met up and it was it was a situation where like usually I'm very very comfortable talking to like a lot of people but you know like if you meet someone who like you maybe have like more of a feeling like thing going on or like you don't don't expect and you like suddenly are like awkward it was like that kind of thing where like I was psyching myself out and like I felt really awkward during the like whole conversation we just met up at like a cafe but like I was just so self-conscious about like what I was saying and like it was just very like static and awkward and um and like afterwards I was like oh so sorry like I don't know I'm just like feeling I feel really like I this was so awkward and um, she was like really nice about it, like just like, oh no, it's fine, and like, yeah, it was it was great, and like we'll we'll you know meet up again or whatever, and we like had like we we were emailing each other after that, like talking, and um, and basically the thing is the the like 
the night after I met up with her, or like it was the day after, very soon after that meeting, I just realized because like I just thought I was like done with like being like having romantic feelings for mm-hmm. anyone. I was just like, wow, I'm like, I like just like fell in love with this person, you know? Like yeah. I just like had this like like that's what that was, it's like that's love. why that yeah. happened or whatever, and like. Uh-huh. I yeah I just like really I just realized that and then like so we like were communicating through email a few times after that and I didn't tell her that you know yeah. I wasn't like oh hey I'm in love with you know, obviously like after just barely yeah. but but what happened was oh first of all she was an eight two six volunteer and she encouraged me because like during our conversation she's like oh I work at this or I volunteer at this writing and tutoring center. And uh, I was like, oh, is it 826? Because I knew about 826 from going to Daiko, and, like, I knew about it. Um, and I was like, oh. And then we talked about that, and then she really was like, yeah, you should. I was like, yeah, I want to volunteer, but I don't know. I just haven't done it. And she's like, yeah, you should. You should do it. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess so. And because, like, she was the person who was like, hey, you should do it, I was like, okay, I guess I will. And then yeah, I finally yeah. signed up to volunteer, and she just stopped talking to me. Like we had been emailing and like basically the last I had communicated with her was like, Oh, do you want to go? I knew that she really liked Andrew bird. Uh-huh. And like, I was like, Oh, Andrew bird's coming. Do you want to go? And she just stopped talking to me. Yeah. yeah just stopped talking to me. And uh, it was, you know, it was, so it was very, very, you know, heartbreaking or very difficult for me because I was so like, you know, it was like this moment where like, you were yeah, I like come finally was like, yeah. Oh, I can like really have feelings for someone again. Did and you send a follow-up message? Oh, like after that, after the no response. Yeah. It was a while after that. I was like, Hey, how's it going? You know, like just wondering okay. whatever, how you are yeah. and like nothing. And then, you know, quite a while after that follow-up follow-up you know i i did probably but like <laughs> i didn't i didn't follow it that far you know i didn't yeah. like really i just like felt so sad again you know and like started feeling like kind of the depression started like sinking in again and oh, like really whatever but like but i still was like in such a better place that i was able to like just fight through it i didn't get like to that level again but i started just feeling more disillusioned again with like romance and those kinds of things yeah and and so basically, again, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I started volunteering. And uh, It's hard on the heart. One day, I went to a volunteer get-together. Uh-huh. And I hadn't seen her. You know, I knew she volunteered there. Oh, but shit. I hadn't seen her. And I was, it was at the yard, you know. Yeah, and I was, I was sitting there, you know. And, like, all the other volunteers were there. And we were just, like, talking. And, like suddenly she walks over and she sits right across from me like we're at one of those tables and just like sits right like directly in front of me and we hadn't seen each other since that one time we went to the yeah. cafe but whatever and so awkward you know so like being in the middle of like this like happy volunteer get yeah. together and like we're not supposed to know each other which like oh hi you yeah. know like i'm sean you know whatever yeah. and like it was so uncomfortable and like yeah, after Did that. Did she thing. know? Well, that's the thing. It's like, at first, I couldn't tell. Because we couldn't, yeah. like... And the thing is, we weren't looking directly at each Because it's, like, awkward. You know, you're sitting right in front of someone you maybe don't know. Oh and so we weren't, God. like, really looking at each other. But I knew. Like, as soon as I, like, saw her walking over, you yeah, know, I was, yeah, like, yeah. I was, like, starting to, like... Did you kind of that? Freak yeah. out, you know. I was, like, man, yeah. what's going on here? And, uh, and afterward, um, like, everybody was, like, kind of parting. And, like... But by that time, I could tell... 
that she did like recognize it was yeah. me and there was this like awkward she was leaving and everyone else was leaving and whatever and then yeah. after that I emailed her and just like told her I was just like I just have to let you know that you really really like hurt me um, by like just not responding yeah. to me and like just like that's basically you know it was a really short message but yeah. just wanted to like tell her that like that yeah. was really hurt, hurtful to me and she like apologized you know like she did like apologize in like a sincere way like through email but she just didn't really like you know there's no explanation but like I don't know maybe I don't want an explanation but yeah. still it was like um yeah it was difficult you know and like that was it it was just kind of like yeah and then I I didn't I don't think I saw her after that you know like I never saw her after that it's hard too because she's the type of person that seems like like a lot of people really like like her like she's very you know like just a really nice Those person. Those are the worst to like. And all that stuff. And, like, it's just, never, I don't know. You never tell if they like you. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But but the thing, too, is because I never made it. It was never when we met up. It was just, like, I'm looking for friends, whatever. We have yeah. similar interests and all yeah. that stuff. And, like, I never made, like, <laughs> any kind of advance, you know. Yeah. And so it's, like, difficult to, like, be, like, rejected as a friend, you know. <laughs> like, uh, that's, like. Yeah, that's yeah. really bad. Yeah, so that's really hard. Especially if you were, like, depressed and, like not yeah like not yeah. in a good place and like trying to regain your confidence yeah. and um but thanks to her i ended up volunteering at 826 and actually like working or volunteering in in the store was like such a huge like one of the biggest parts of me like regaining my like identity and like my like because even though like i was not depressed anymore off of medication and stuff i was basically like rebuilding my life like I just like all of my goals and like all that stuff had just like I just like deleted you know it had all just been like yeah just thrown away you know and like so I just like basically was starting from scratch and um yeah like also very very much a hermit and like even though I made a few friends on OkCupid and all this stuff very very introverted and um but during your darker times yeah but also at this time when I was volunteering And so, like, it's funny because, you know, like, so many people think of me or, like, interact with me in a way where they think, view me as someone who's very uh, good at, like, being social or, like, someone who's, like, approachable or, like, whatever. Totally. Um, But definitely, like, when I started um, volunteering, I was just, like, it was just, like, kind of, like, panicky or, like, very, very (laughs) awkward for me to, like, be doing, like, interacting with strangers and like doing like outreach and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and i remember actually specifically having a conversation with one of the staff members about how like i had gone to volunteer at like a an event even though i was doing pretty well talking to people just on an individual basis when it was a booth and just like a bunch of people are coming up i like got so like awkward suddenly you know i just suddenly like couldn't like talk right and just started like saying really stupid kind of like my vocabulary was like falling apart Mm -hmm. and like just feeling so like it's like once you make one awkward like kind of you know interaction (laughs) it just starts falling apart you know and that happened and I just was like felt so bad after it I had to like talk to one of the staff members about like how like oh I just thought I did so horribly and debrief about it but like yeah it took a long while before I was really feeling more comfortable again like talking to people yeah like yeah just like being more extroverted or whatever yeah 
but yeah, and here I am. <laughs> no, but basically, basically, yeah, like that was a huge part of like my recuperation yeah. process and um, obviously eventually getting a job again. And um, so like volunteering at the store. Yeah. Like really helped you. Yeah, it was a huge, huge, huge deal. And like, I mean, really like beginning at Daiko, like doing that was like such a weird thing for me to do but like doing it was like a first huge step in like escaping how did you you like make yourself do that you know it was it's weird even thinking about in retrospect because like yeah it was just so unusual for me to like do something like that you know and I was just this you know I had the costume and like who is you know like whatever and like yeah, I just messed me. Yeah, it was so mysterious. What a beautiful moment to have with yourself. Yeah, it was a beautiful night. Yeah, and, and it's not anybody else. You can't talk to anybody else about it. Yeah, so remember when we were? Yeah, no, you? it was, it was. I mean, it was amazing, and like just really. Hey, Sean, you want to go out tonight? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Sean, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah exactly. You didn't know? have a fucking friend. It was, it was like a Let's moment. Let's do it, man. <laughs> man, that was fucking great, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was like a moment of clarity yeah. with myself, you know, like of like okay, this needs to end, you know, yeah. I need to, I can, I can live again, basically, you know, I can get my vitality back or yeah. whatever. And like starting with this and then going on this trip. Then after I'm back, figure out that situation. And then eventually doing the volunteering, like the volunteering, like kind of just really brought me back into the world, you know, because I was really, really very much like a hermit up until that point. In your hermit times, like, would you just surf the net? Would you? Oh, just like binging on like watching movies and tv shows and like yeah being on the internet a lot you know kind of your classic like these days at least like just like shut in style or whatever and um in fact like i have like i have lower back pain problems because i was like bedridden for like or basically just in bed just like on my back for like weeks at one point or whatever where i was just like watching you know so this is at your parents house yeah so um yeah, I was and they just knew like, what was going down. Basically, but like, I mean, my parents are really, really supportive, but also very like flexible about like you know understanding of like, you know, I'm in. It's like oh, I'm like in a rut or like whatever, and just like right. being as accommodating as Let possible, but thing. also like like actually my my mom specifically was very against me like actually getting like medication mm-hmm. for like you know getting antidepressants she was very very against that and I think that's really wise you know like I would have never like before I was at in that state I would have never like encouraged someone yeah. to like do that and I had another friend too who also who was um like studying to be like a therapist or whatever and still like also was very like against me doing it but I was definitely at a point where I mean I was like suicidally depressed at, yeah. at, at the beginning and stuff. And yeah. uh, I just knew that I just wasn't going to like, I just couldn't do it, you know? Yeah. And, and the thing about me too, that I should mention, which made it extra hard is that I'm like straight edge. So like, I don't do any drugs mm-hmm. or drink or anything. I like never, never have really. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, so like it was like, yeah, a big decision because like using medication that specifically alters my like, mental chemistry you know and like stuff that like is people use recreationally or whatever um was like a big like thing for me and so um yeah i was definitely like desperate you know i was just like at this point and like that's something i'm surprised like when you were sinking down you didn't say well maybe i'll drink some alcohol (laughs) you know not to like you know numb up but just to like 
see, you know. I envisioned, like, basically I envisioned that, like, if I wasn't um, doing, like, a medication path, that I could, like, end up, like, going, like, down an alcoholic path or something. Mm -hmm. Even though, like, I don't have any experience, like, being, like, drunk or whatever. So, like, I can't really speak from a personal standpoint, mm -hmm. but I just know by, like, experience through other people that, like, yeah, I can see why that would be an escape or, like, yeah. why that would be a habit that would happen if you, like, needed to, like, deal with certain things. And so, um, so, yeah, that's basically okay. interesting. Yeah, how that happened. It's interesting. I kind of want to hear what what you two think about like um, OK Cupid or like online online. I remember. I, I think you used stuff, it beautifully. You know, kind of curious. I loved how you used it. I think that's how you used. A close friend. <laughs> uh, I know. I, I remember one night when I after I had recently moved to Seattle, I had a couch. I was hosting a couch surfer. And recently had some dates with his girl from Mikey Cupid. And we were all hanging out together one night. And I thought that was like like this girl from OK Cupid oh, yeah. and this guy yeah, from Couch, couch Surfing. surfing. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're both internet people. Right. Like what? This yeah. is really weird. Yeah. <laughs> this is the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she ended up writing that guy a letter. Yeah. <laughs> Not you. Yeah. Oh. But they were both pretty fucking insane, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because, I mean, because, like, obviously, like, kind of the old school fear that, like, a lot of parents have had in the past is, like, oh, how how do you know that this yeah. person's really uh -huh. who they say they are? And, like, mm -hmm. there's the whole catfish situation. Yeah. Have you both seen that documentary? Yeah. I'm, I'm familiar. I think I'm but, familiar with that. Yeah, them. just, like, you know, the idea that, like, how do you really know who's yeah. behind the, you know. Well, like, and the, the couchsurfer didn't have any reviews. Yeah. But he turned out to be really, Wonderful. like, chill. Like yeah. the Zen guy? Yeah. Going to a Zen farm? In San Francisco for the summer. He was Ooh. a freegan. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, he'd come back and he had like a bag of cherries he found in the garbage, and that was like his <laughs> nice. meal for the day. Yeah, and then he found like perfume and like yeah, oh. <laughs> it's like treasures. He just gets off Gleaner. on it. Yeah, he left I... me a pack of like expired Nutty Buddy bars that he found in the convenience store trash. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. I ate some. <laughs> you got it. You survived. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a nice gesture. Uh, a lot of people don't leave you anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My experience with OkCupid okay was I was in my early 20s, and... Um, <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> well, it was back about a decade ago. Uh, <laughs> roughly about three months ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I didn't know... Okay, number one, I had no one in my zone. I was recently moved to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, from here, <laughs> I know, but all your high school friends are gone yeah. there. And I had dropped out of college. And so I'd come back and like, they're all at school. And yeah. Whatever. I wanted some new blood. <sighs> and 
So, I mean, it's, it's great because it, you know, access you to that. But also, I did not know how to even begin to approach a woman or a lady that I was interested in in the real world. Oh, yeah. Uh, I knew how to, you know, write a note and pass it over a desk or something or <laughs> like high school shit <laughs> where, yeah, your friend told you that they liked you. So now you feel confident, yeah. you know, and so you're going to go talk to them and you can work from there. Yeah. But going on nothing in the real world is very hard. Yeah. And especially... Uh, you feel like you have to develop this skill out in the bar and, mm-hmm. you know, so prove yourself, prove yourself. <laughs> yeah. And I think, okay, Cupid lets you meet people without being a pro at, or like a, you know, yeah, smooth I mean, criminal. You don't have to have like all the smooth right. mannerisms when you like yeah. approach someone. Or you can be a little broken. You can be yeah. whatever, but it's, it's all behind this. Again, though, the ability to be behind a facade is yeah. you know dangerous, but I mean, obviously you. Found, found a way around that <laughs> but I or a way to use it to my advantage yeah. <laughs> it's just and it's also you're you're forcing something you know you're, you're seeking something out it's very much uh, there's almost like a desperation and there's all this mm-hmm. there's quantity but there, you lose quality and yeah I don't know yeah I mean it's like difficult either way you know the yeah. fit, offline world versus the online world but yeah. just different but yeah it's interesting yeah and I learned that you know, you can you can talk to someone you're interested in in the real world, and they cannot be interested, mm-hmm. and it's not the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. And it's not there's not. You're not waiting as much. Yeah, and, like and it doesn't have to be perfect, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be yeah. this, this no, display. You don't yeah. see the algorithm. Yeah, 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 definitely. You're not checking like your grammar, yeah. like in a yeah. <laughs> and so, but an okay, Cupid makes yeah. you neurotic. I think yeah. a lot of those things make you like neurotic. Yeah, no, definitely. You keep I mean, checking in and because it's in. like it's always there, and it like sends you those updates, like you know, like here are your most recent like yeah, who, here's who viewed you and like viewed your profile. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and like what does that mean? You know, you're like, what is what does that mean? Oh, one of the something I forgot about is like what's sad is like, or I had a really sad experience where I was like having a really good conversation with someone and they suddenly just deleted their profile like oh, mid like you know whatever like clearly you know we were really getting along well yeah. but like and i mean maybe it was because of me but i think like you know anything could happen and someone could just decide to do that but yeah. like it's just like if someone does decide to like delete their profile that's just you know it's like yeah that's it you know like yeah. See, well yeah. I, it's like i was on um you know one of those chats where you talk to strangers yeah not the video an thing, not the roulette. <laughs> yeah, the anonymous chat rooms, and it yeah. links you up with a stranger. Yeah, I, I, it was very late, and I like, and I remembered that that site existed. <laughs> I go on, yeah. and it's this dude, and he's in India, and we started talking about India. I, I, we just talked and made this really good connection, and then he was like, "Well, how am I going to get in touch with you again?" And I was like, I, uh, "No, that's." And all I had was a personal email, so right. I felt bad. No. Why not? It's your fucking email. (laughs) Make a new one. (laughs) No, because it was a little soon where he asked. I made one good point. We were talking about dating in India, and um, he was like... (laughs) You're like, hey, I I have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, he brought it up, and then, yeah, I made a good point, and then he was like, you swow, you said it right. How do I get in touch with you later? And I was like, I don't know, it's just soon. So I created a a different email. Oh. 
And then I just gave him that one. Yeah. So, so you I, are, you are in touch with him. I am in touch with him, but okay. it was very weird. It was like a 25-minute conversation, and then I yeah. closed the laptop and went to bed. Yeah. I don't know. It was yeah. very weird. There's a uh, an application that, like, uh, God, some Zen center or... No, the Dalai Lama is Buddhism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> His whole thing and like some MIT group, I think, uh, developed this this mobile app thing, and you're put in touch with one person, one random stranger for 20 days, and so you have 20 days to talk to this person and like see what's up and like what their life's about. Interesting. And you can like share your information beyond that if you like, but if not, then oh, you that's just a good idea. Connected like with this person for 20 days and then that yeah, was it. That's a good idea. Oof. You know, it, I like that. Yeah, no, it's interesting. And, it, you know, it really is just like, I mean, that's so much the allure of like, okay, keep it or whatever. It's like you have the option, you know, like you're, well, the internet, you don't have yeah. to like tell them anything, you know, I mean. Yeah, and it's not just sifting through just people. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like, this is a person. Yeah, it, yeah. It gives everyone value, 20 days worth. Yeah. Yeah. Instead yeah, of just like a mess. Sweat. Yeah, yeah. Bad. Well, and, you know, like with this guy from India, it was just. I mean, this website has a shitty interface. It's like, it's like looks like 1998 or something. <laughs> but this is like a human, and he's in India typing probably on his. Sh- well, this is gonna get bad on his shit laptop with like his whole family in the room or whatever. He yeah, told just me the same as you. <laughs> I mean, I see myself. <laughs> no, but I, that's amazing. And this guy's just starting out his day. I'm going to bed. I don't know. It's just weird. It fucks with my idea of fate, though. The, like, the ability. To what? To connect with... To connect with, like... People? I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I think it's, like, maybe it comes down to, like, us having more um, control over being able to communicate with people, for instance. Yeah. Because, like, in the past, we couldn't, like, just instantly, like, mm-hmm. Skype someone across the world. Like, right. the only way you would reach that person can, is if you, you can, like push relationships a lot more with technology yeah and like yeah they're just way more we have way more reach in a way or whatever yeah and so things aren't as much um maybe aren't as like local much just like oh i happen to like stumble into this thing it's like oh i have exactly. control because and, and we natural. have these resources just yeah. natural yeah sure. and but so it's funny it's like everyone wants to stumble into their love life or whatever right if we're going to talk about love we can talk about careers too whatever but the fact of the matter is like you stumble into the love of your life and it's great anyway mm-hmm. if you meet online they have the same experiences that are great but it's just the beginning of the story is a little different. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting and, like, it actually makes me think a lot about um, these two, two sort of stories in particular that, about these musicians. So, basically, there was this musician that, when I was, during my depression phase, um, I, oh, one thing that I did a lot of was, like, watching tons and tons of videos on, like, Vimeo. Like, just watching, like, tons and tons. And, like, also, like, listening just tons and tons of music. Like, that kind of stuff is how I feel like my time. whatever videos on Vimeo? Like, music videos or... You know, because they have lots of, like, just yeah. beautiful short films yeah. and just endless amounts of stuff on there. <laughs> so it's, like, really good place to go if you're just, like, trying to escape for lots of time. Um, but basically, I, like, found this video, like, a music video, basically, that I, like, was so, like, absorbed in. 
and it was like a teaser video for like this song slash EP that this guy was gonna put out and like I thought the video was just like so perfect for the song and the song like resonated so much with like me and like how I was feeling and stuff and I was just like really really like just watched it all the time and the song was like never released so this was in 2011 and I just like oh, I was wondering like when is this song gonna come out and the guy like didn't really release anything and I don't know it just kind of like faded away and then um last year at the end of last year the guy came to play a play a show in Seattle and I went there and um like after the set or whatever I was like hey, uh, this is kind of weird, but, like, there's this video that I saw, like, three years ago that was, like, I just was so, like, into it. And, like, yeah. um, you know, I just always wondered, like, did you ever, like, when when's the full song going to come yeah. out or whatever? And, okay, so first of all, he was, like, just blown away that I knew about that song or the video because, yeah. like, it, it's, like, one of those videos on Vimeo that only had, like, very small amount of views and like I was the only person who liked it you know and uh and he was just like blown away by that but also the guy who made the video was there at the concert like he actually like lives in like Seattle like the guy who made the video lives in Seattle but the guy who does the music is from like Florida and like yeah so he's like yeah I should like you should come talk to the guy who made the video because, you know, you tell him what you like. And, like, so I told the guy and the, you know, the guy who made it was like, what? Like, I can't believe you nice. know about that. You yeah. know, it's just this little video he made. Yeah. I was like, because, oh, and also I was like kind of obsessed with trying to figure out, it was like a scene from a movie played like backwards for the music video. I was like, what is this? And I, I for the longest time, I would try to search for it. What it's movie just this, was it? It's, um, it's called, uh. It was black um, and white? No, it's like uh, from like the 70s. Um, the graduate? It's it's based on a... From Shining? The guy who did the... Like the guy who wrote Jurassic Park, Michael... Crichton. Crichton, yeah. It's based on one of his books. And there are like two movies. It's like basically about people who... Tourists in the future who are able to like go to any period of time um, as like an amusement park and like live as if they're like living in like mm-hmm. the cool. west which is what what the movie's about and it's like i can't think the title's really simple but i can't think of it anyway like <laughs> i found out then what it yeah. was but like i was just like oh what is it and then i later watched it or whatever it wasn't as good as the music video <laughs> but but anyway um yeah and then on top of that the, the musician was like oh yeah i just never like released the song so i'll just send it to you and so he sent me the song and that's like awesome. he never released it. So I'm like the only person maybe outside of his like friends or wow. something that's ever like heard the song. Nice. And so I was like, you know, it like all happened. And um, and all just because like I stumbled across it while I was like binging on videos while I was depressed or whatever. But like, you know, kind of a sort of similar like in the line of like fate or like, you know, chance encounters, yeah. like yeah. that kind of thing. But another example, which is very recent, like just four days ago or something like that um i was uh i was like thinking about this other musician who actually the same year that i was depressed i was like really into her music and like she just released this ep and um i mean it seemed like not that many people knew about it but i was really into it is this one you made the shirt for and no 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 no. but uh 
but yeah, like I, I love this EP and like she never released anything else. She lived in Indonesia. I just knew about that. She's an Indonesian musician. And uh, yeah, I was always just wondering like, oh, is she going to release anything else? And I just happened to think like, oh, I wonder if I can see if she's releasing anything. So I just like looked up her name and like eventually I like, found like a, a SoundCloud that she's been posting like little snippets on. And I commented on one of the songs just like, hey, like, I, like, really love the EP that you put out a while ago, like, mm-hmm. whatever. And then she messaged me on there and was like, oh, hey, like, thanks for the feedback. Um, do I know you? Like, because, <laughs> I guess because she's, like, a very unknown musician and, like, just thought, like, oh, I thought, she said she thought she, we might have been friends on, like, MySpace a long time ago or something like that. I was like, oh, no. But then, like, since then, we're having this, like, really long, like, these, like, essay-long like conversation things with each other and she lives in jakarta indonesia and uh yeah and actually you know very relevant to our conversation we were she and i have just been talking about like that whole idea because like the traditional idea is that like like what you're talking about with like kind of just chance encounters with people and like um, fate and like meeting some romantic person and having that amazing connection right and the idea that like just because of your where you happen to be born or happen to live in these people that you meet are somehow like sort of magically special and like you should care about them but like all the billions of other people in the world are just like background (laughs) you know like that's how like most people kind of think about it but like when you think about it when you really think about it you like realize like there must be so many people out there that you would like really really care about and really make like a connection with and like there are people out there who are, like, probably beyond, like, any amount of amazing connection you've ever made or something, just as a matter of probability, you know? And it's, like, just a matter of, like, how could you find those people? And so she and I were just, like, going back and forth about, like, our perspectives, because she actually, I think, has a perspective that's maybe more in line with yours, but Mm -hmm. basically both of us just talking about how we um, really think a lot about um, how that is happening, how there are all these people out there and, like, so many that, yeah. like, if only you could connect with them, you know, like, the way that she describes it is, like, they're, like, these, it's, like, characters in a book and, like, how, you know, like, in so many great stories, you know, we have these, like, types of characters and, like, how, um, for her, she, like, views people as being, like, these different types of characters and, like, how, like, throughout the world everyone is kind of like those like we we each of us fits into one of those character types you know and so it's kind of like we're all a part of this like huge story Uh um but we all like we're not so different you know kind of idea and like how like yeah you could find yeah other people who like also like have gone through very similar struggles as you and you Mm -hmm. would connect with them or like people who have certain attributes that like these characters have that you would really, really love or whatever. And, like, I mean, I really like that idea, but my view is more along the lines of what I was saying with, like, you know, there's so many people in the world and, like, really just just because you happen to have been born in this place and then you live around these people Uh and you think, like, wow, these people are, like, so special to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's great that they're special, but um, there's so many more people out there and, like... And yeah, but you were born here. <laughs> it reminds it reminds me of this study, some study that was like in college. Like the most of your friends live in the building you live in. 
like no oh, shit. Yeah, oh yeah, like was, the same dorm no, no, or something. No. Most of your friends live within a two mile radius of you. That was oh, it. Oh, it's like yeah, that's no what it's that about. Was, yeah. yeah, no shit. Yeah, you <laughs> know, dog, it really yeah. It's like like the way that I personally like often think about it is like like I like to like look at like people that are complete strangers to me, you know, because usually. Like, we go through our lives, like, passing by so many people, and it's just like, oh, these are just background characters, you know? It's like when you watch, like, a TV show, yeah. you're like, who are those people? You know, it's just like all these... Yeah, let me get to the main characters. Like, you got the protagonists, yeah. and then all these other people who are just like, whatever, extras, you know? Yeah. That's like how we... Too. You know, it's like, we're extras to other people. But, like, yeah, the way that I, I like to do it is, like, I'll, like, look at people... And, like, try to, like, I'll imagine a whole backstory for them, you know? Like, yeah, like yeah. think of them yeah. as, like, a protagonist and, like, yeah. And, like, being on the bus, that's a way to do it. And, like, sure. you know, just, like, I wonder what, like, I bet, like, if, if I really knew that person, I would be, like, really, we'd yeah, be so close, up, you know? And, like, that kind of thing. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, it, wrapping it back really quick to um, Daiko. Yeah. You know, when I look back at those photos, it's really strange because... So many of the people there now are people I know now. You know, like at the time, they're just like, who are these yeah, people? Like weird I even characters. kind of, yeah, I kind of remember like seeing some of the people I'm like closest to from then now and being mm-hmm. like, who's that? You know, or like, huh? You know, kind <laughs> of like reactions because yeah. I had no idea who these people were. Yeah. And now they're just like, you know, like, so I'm like really close to them and like, yeah, it's just like, I feel like that realization. And that's so much of, like, speaking of, like, Dalai Lama or, like, a lot of people who talk about, like, oh, we're all connected. I mean, personally, I'm not that type of spiritual Mm -hmm. or whatever, but I definitely have a philosophy of, like, if we had more empathy for other people. And I really like the idea, this is actually something that, like, Neil Gaiman talks about or, like, certain other, like, a lot of people talk about, but, like, he'll, like, talk about how reading fiction teaches a lot of people empathy because you have to like view the world or or like be in a different person's shoes like someone who's like completely different from you and maybe you'll like really really kind of bond with them or really enjoy the journey or something you know and that's also what i think is so great about like the song of ice and fire game of thrones books or whatever because like (laughs) those books have like so many different perspectives and over the course of like you, like, hate characters and then you love them and, like, you just have to, like, get their perspective and, like, maybe some you still hate, but, like, overall, you just, like, keep changing what you think about people because, like, you're actually, like, empathizing with them, you know, and, like, like, oh, this person actually has, like, a backstory and, like, you know, like, this is how they ended up like that. So, I think that's kind of, like, such a major point for me. Thanks, Sean, for being on. We'll have a uh, How to Make Pie with Sean uh, coming out soon as well. Sean makes some killer pie crust and pie, so you'll want to listen to that one. Uh, Reviewing this episode, it made me think that people, organizations, and feelings have these fields of gravity around them, some stronger than others. A big organization has all these people rotating around it, or... 
even a, a feeling of depression has has you sucked into it and you need to get at this escape velocity whether it's going to a, a dance-a-thon which is something you normally wouldn't do uh, traveling a bit outside of your home taking medication to help you need to break that escape velocity to get away from these more negative gravitational pulls and you know fly into another orbit around something else and crash into other people in your in your little field of orbit that you're flying around in music is Dustin Wong and Red Mass thanks for listening we need to talk podcast.com <laughs>